This episode of Nerd Cave Retro is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Greetings, programs, and welcome to the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. So, uh, Derek, we had a Nerd Cave wedding this weekend. Uh, tell everybody what that was about. Yes. Yeah, so for longtime listeners and followers of the Nerd Cave, uh, my Nerd Cave podcast co-host and co-founder, Zach Dykes, uh, married his longtime girlfriend, Amy Irby, yesterday. And both myself and our co-host, Robbie, got to be part of the wedding party. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's It was interesting on my end because I'm used to filming weddings as opposed yeah. to actually being in them. So I had a little bit more to do uh, instead of just standing there with a camera. So, yeah. But it, it was really good. Uh, wedding went off. Uh, no issues whatsoever. Reception was a lot of fun. Had a lot of dancing. Um, I, I actually filled in for Zach on the Nerd Cave this week and uh, Robbie said he was very sore from dancing. He danced a lot more than I did, uh, but no, it was it was a lot of fun. It was well, a lot good. of fun. So, uh, congratulations. Zach, if you're listening, congratulations. Yes, buddy, congratulations to you. Uh, you know, uh, long live and uh, smoke meats, I guess Wally would say. <laughs> live long and smoke meats. Uh, I don't know if you saw that yesterday, Wally. Uh, post he's been playing. Um, what is it? Uh, what's it called? Like WrestleMania two thousand two K six seventeen or something? WWE two K seventeen. Yeah, WWE two K seventeen, and he's been making uh, avatars of all of us. And I won <laughs> the uh, what's it called? Money in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. I won that, and uh, Wally made one of himself, and he's got a shirt on that says "Live Long and Smoke Meats." So that was pretty made me laugh. That's the funnest part of any wrestling game is creating like you and your friends and just having matches against each other. Oh yeah, like, we I do that more than playing with the actual wrestlers that are on the game. So <laughs> it's a it's a very fun party game. See, that's my problem when you have a game with that type of um, like character selection type of screen where you can build characters like you remember uh the 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 multiplayer online game uh city of heroes you remember that game mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think 90 percent of my time in that game was actually creating superheroes and then i would go play them till like level 10 and then i would just get rid of them and like make another one because that was most the most fun part of the game was actually making the superheroes oh yeah yeah, and WWE games are the same way. Yeah. The actual creating and everything is is the most fun part. <laughs> but if uh, I if I get the new uh, 2K18 game, I'll have to create everybody and we'll have a a big Nerd Cave Network battle royale. <laughs> that'd be so cool. We'd have to If there's a way you can record it and actually put it on the YouTube channel, that'd be great. Oh, absolutely. We'll do it for sure. But uh, let's go ahead and move into our news for this week. This story comes from TheVerge.com. Sega wants to turn its classic catalog into the Netflix of retro gaming. I like the sound of that. 
Sega exited the video game console business nearly 20 years ago, but the company still retains some of the industry's most iconic characters and beloved uh, classic catalogs. That explains why Sega decided to put resources toward an all-new initiative. It's called Sega Forever. Uh, Sega Forever is the new banner with which the publisher will reissue games from its backlog on iOS and Android, starting with five titles to be released tomorrow in the USA, a new title every two weeks after that, and every game will start out free with players having the option to turn off advertising forever with a $1.99 in-app purchase. But from what I'm hearing is that $1.99 doesn't exactly work. Really? Yeah, and um, this I, we have another story on here as well about um, Sega's plan to, if I can get this ad to close, which if it doesn't, then I'm going to say screw it with this story. Um, uh, let's see, what does it say? Uh, Sega's plan to democratize retro gaming with Sega Forever on mobile. Yeah, it's basically saying the same thing. This is also on PocketGamer.biz. Uh, it's just saying it's just talking about how Sega is going to put their entire catalog. On an on the, uh, your iPhone, Android, whatever. But the problem is, is they're not putting them all under one app. They're all separate apps, which isn't a problem because you can put everything into a folder. But wouldn't it make more sense if you did like the Sega Forever app, and then you just go in there and sort of that's just like the hub where you purchase the games and keep them all in that one place, kind of like. Um, What's the the game center on your iOS? I mean, wouldn't that make more sense yeah. to you? Yeah, I think having everything in a more centralized location would make things a little bit easier because everything having its own separate app, I think, would be a little bit of a pain in the long run. Yeah, but I I, I like their initiative and what they're wanting to do, and we actually covered this uh, on the Nerd Cave this week as well about you know Sega releasing all like. Five of their games now, and now they're going to start releasing more um, yeah. as the weeks go on. I, I think it's a great idea. It's cool, and you can also uh, – it's Bluetooth um, controller capable also. If You can hook a Bluetooth up to your phone, and you'll be able to play you know, with an actual controller on your phone, which I think is kind of cool. Oh, for sure. I but, wish Nintendo would take this route too, yeah, but I, they, they have – different ideas in mind i don't see that happening anytime soon no 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 but if at all i'm gonna let you take this next story because this is actually one of your favorite games right here yeah so i actually didn't know about this until you posted the story in our uh, google docs but secret of mana collection proves switch is awesome for retro gaming a uh, virtual console might be MIA on Switch thus far, possibly due to Nintendo wanting to roll out a Netflix-type catalog, which we discussed last week. Uh, but Square Enix ain't got time for that and has rolled out uh, Seiken Densetsu Collection, which is Secret of Mana, the first three games in the Mana series for the Switch in Japan. The Switch is region-free, so you can play the cartridge in any system or you can make a Japanese eShop account to buy it digitally, but it will not be in English. Um, I think this is, you know, I assumed that Secret of Mana would be a title that would eventually be available anyway, but I like that Square Enix is saying they're not going to wait. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I would potentially look into this. I mean, it, Secret of Mana is one of my favorite Super Nintendo RPGs, but I, I might just end up waiting and see if they put it on the whatever they do for their virtual console. Yeah. 
I mean, that's the same with me, you know, it's, and even it talks about here, it's um, the virtual, what does it say here? It says virtual console might be MIA on Switch thus far, possibly due to Nintendo wanting to roll out a Netflix type catalog. Yeah, we, we talked about this last week. So, mm-hmm. um, so basically it's just waiting for that, uh, the, what are they going to be calling this? Is it's the, it's not the virtual console anymore. It's, what are they calling it? The Nintendo... Uh, uh, let's, let me look it up real quick. We talked about this last week, but of I course cannot, I can't remember it. I don't know why I can't remember the name of it. It's like, just will not stick in my head. Let's see. Switch virtual console. Of course, it's not going to say in the first few articles. Um, I'm not seeing anything thus far. But we did talk about last week that yeah. it would basically be you'd pay $20 a year and you would get access to all of this retro content, which I think is a great idea. Well, yeah, for $20 just, a year, you can't beat that, man. That's yeah. ridiculously cheap. I'm just ready for them. Because that's what I want to do. I want to play these old games on my Switch so I can take it anywhere I want and I can play Mario World or Link to the Past or Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. You know, that would be great to have, you know, on car trips, um, a friend's house, anywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's the great thing about the Switch. You can take it anywhere. Oh, yeah. But uh, we, what is this other story you have here? I haven't, I haven't seen this yet. You just added this to our Google Doc before we started. Uh, yeah, wow. so I just read this right before we started doing the podcast. According to uh, GameStop, the SNES Classic Edition has been confirmed. Hmm. Let's see. This, is, this comes to us from comicbook.com. The SNES Classic Edition is happening. Following the runaway success of the NES Classic, it would be silly not to do a follow-up, and Eurogamer reported something was in the works back in April. Well, it seems Nintendo has finally confirmed the existence of the SNES Classic, albeit not to the public. Destructoid's Jonathan Holmes spoke to a handful of GameStop managers, all of whom confirmed Nintendo had recently revealed the SNES Classic in behind-closed-door events and that the retro system will arrive this holiday season. So... I'll believe it when I see it. Do I believe there will be an SNES Classic? Yes. My concern is... Did they learn from the NES Classic, or are they just going to do the same thing? <laughs> That's the big question. I I love Nintendo. I mean, this sh- whole show is based around our love for Nintendo. Yes. But I don't trust them <laughs> with an inch <laughs> to do what is expected of them. They always seem to take the opposite road of what seems to be common sense. Which, of course, sometimes it it works out in the long run because they have a plan. And we've talked about this before. Like, Nintendo is a very Japanese company. They don't deviate from their their plan. Like, they have a plan. This is what they're going to do. This is how many units they're going to make. And they're not going to deviate from that at all. Whether it, you know, whether there's demand for it or whatever but they're not going to deviate from any kind of plan that they have. So if maybe they learned from the NES classic and they're going to 
produce more consoles, but I just I don't know. I I just we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean that's all we can do, right? Yeah, I I will say I will hurt someone for an SNES classic, (laughs) like the NES one. You know, like I, I was. It was cool to get my hands on it, but like the SNES, and I've, I've mentioned this several times on the show, that was my console yeah. growing up. So I'll I'll punch someone in the face if I have to cut in line to get an <laughs> SNES classic. Me too. I want one, but I'm not going to hold my breath. I'm not. I don't want to get dis- disappointed like I did last time. Yeah. But, so we'll just have to see what happens. But uh, we'll go ahead and move into this month in video game history. <laughs> In 1994, on June 2nd, Surtech releases turn-based tactic games Jagged Alliance, the first installment of the Jagged Alliance series. I don't know about you, but I've never heard of this before in my life. And the box art... I have not either. ...looks like a really bad 80s movie. So this is... I don't know <laughs> what to think about. It, I mean, have you seen the box art I like this? it already. It, it's... I'm looking at it right now. I like it already. <laughs> <laughs> this just screams. I like bad like, '80s stuff. Like, not, this isn't even like Jean Claude Van Damme level movie. This is like some serious, like low budget 1986 like action movie. This looks like prime bait for a Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode. Yeah, it does. But unfortunately, <laughs> it's not a movie. It's a video game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting. On June 22nd, 1996, uh, Quake was, was released, advanced 3D graphics technology, and started a franchise that has sold more than 4 million games. I've heard of Quake, but never played it. A lot of people like Quake. Um, it's still one of the most talked about like multiplayer games to this day. It's kind of like it's the game that you know all multiplayer games have kind of spawn from so i've never mm-hmm. played it I, I never got the chance to play it i, I would like to but i'm just it, it's one of those things that kind of passed me by yeah same here i've never really been a big pc gamer so yeah i just never got into it on june 23rd of 1996 of course super mario 64 was released by nintendo the first 3d mario platformer as the flagship for their new system the nintendo 64 what else can we say about this game? It's damn near perfect. So that's all I got. One of the most influential it. video games of all time. Oh yeah. And it's one of my one of my absolute all-time favorites. On June 27th, 1996, Shining Wisdom was released by Camelot Software, an action RPG, the developers who would go on to work on the Golden Sun series and the Mario sports games. I forgot they did those. Yeah, I've heard of Mario Sports. I've never heard of Golden Sun. Golden Sun, I remember there was a Golden Sun game for the Game Boy Advanced back in the day, but I never played it. But I know, I think it's one of those series that was successful in Japan, but never quite got the audience here. But, you know, Mario Sports games love Mario Tennis. Uh, Mario Golf is pretty fun, too. Uh, I haven't played any of the newer ones, but... Mario sports games are fun. Oh, of course. It's a Mario game. All Mario games are fun. (laughs) No, absolutely. uh, Let's go ahead and move into what we need to talk about here uh, as far as books. So, Derek, tell us about books. 
Yes, so for you, the listeners of the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Now, Jason, we normally talk about books that we would recommend, but you told me one that you would not recommend. Ugh. Um, I... <laughs> Now, look, I don't want to talk bad about Star Wars books, but I've been the the new batch of Star Wars books are, have been kind of hit or miss for me. There's some I like. There's some I really don't like. Uh, and the, the most recent one that uh, I've got through with was uh, Lords of the Sith. Um, and I read Ahsoka before that one. I think it was Ahsoka I read before that one. I really liked Ahsoka. So I went into Lords of the Sith with high expectations because it's, it's got, you know, Palpatine and Vader on the cover of the book. I'm like, this is going to be a book about Palpatine and Vader. I think maybe 5% of the book was about Palpatine and Vader. The rest of it was, it seemed to me kind of like a script for um, a, an episode of Rebels that they didn't get to shoot. So they just turned it into a book. If you get what my meaning, it's like yeah. there's a lot of characters. It's uh, um, Cham, who is the uh, the one of the rebel. He's kind of the beginning of the rebel leaders on um, what's uh, what's the planet with the Twi'leks come from? Uh, what's the name? Oh, of that what planet? what is that planet? But he's like the leader of the rebel forces on that planet. Um, it's a lot about him. And a lot about a couple of other Imperial officers and very little about Vader and Palpatine. So like I said before, if you're going to call your book Lords of the Sith, at least have some Sith Lords in it. You know, let me know about, I wanted an entire book about Vader, but I don't want to bitch about the book. Go listen to it for yourselves. If you liked it, good on you. You liked it. I, I was expecting something completely different from what I got. So I can't really give it my seal of approval. But there are other great books that audible has. They have books from, you know, star Wars, as we mentioned, if you're a gamer, they have books from the halo series, mass effect, gears of war, fiction, nonfiction, mystery, romance, any type of genre you can think of audible has. And if you're always on the go, like I am audible is a great way to continue to read even if you don't have time to actually sit down and read a book. But, but to do that, just go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook. And this week we're going to be talking about... Music can only mean one thing. It's Castlevania on the Nintendo Entertainment System. And it was known in Japan as Okumaju Dracula. Uh, it officially translates to Devil's Castle Dracula. Okay. <laughs> it is an action mm. platformer video game developed and published by Konami for the family computer disc system video game console in Japan in September 1986. It was ported to cartridge format and released in North America for the Nintendo Entertainment System in May of 1987. Um, I started playing this the other night after probably 30 years. Um, I bought it at a flea market a few weeks ago uh, and... 
me and Derek had talked about this before. I got a little bit frustrated with this game <laughs> because I got to a certain point where, you know, it, it's got a lot of levels to the game. I was on like level 10 and, um, uh, let's see, let me look up some of the, the, see, you go through you and you fight, of course, you know, you fight Dracula at the very end. You fight, um, the Grim Reaper before him, you fight Frankenstein's monster with Igor, who was also was, that was the boss I got stuck on was Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster, because not only do you fight him, but you got this little Igor character, a little little hunchback, which you fight a Igor. lot of them. Yeah, you fight a lot of them on the way. You know, they're kind of peppered throughout the game, and they're really aggravating. Like, they're just one of the most aggravating little enemies in any video game. So <laughs> I kind of figured out a cheat uh, going through. There's a certain level. It's like level three or four where you're going. You're, it's one of the levels where you're going back to the left. Um, cause you're kind of going up through the castle. So each level you start either to the left, to the right, and then you go up and then you go from right to the left or you go up. Um, but it's one of the levels where you're going back to the left and there's a lot of those little hunchbacks. And I figured out that if you kind of get them to the edge of the screen and then you back up and then you go back again, they disappear. So there's a glitch in the game to where I figured out I could just bypass all of them without having to fight. It was awesome. But then Play the I get glitches to, to your advantage. Oh, yeah. And then I got to Frankenstein's monster, and I think I tried about five times to get past him. And then I was just to the point where I knew if I tried one more time and didn't make it, I was going to throw my controller through the wall. So I, I had to give it up for the night. And um, But I haven't <laughs> gone back to, to finish the game. I think I can finish it. I just I got to get back in that mindset, you know. But you also yeah. fight a pair of mummy men, the Phantom Bat, Queen Medusa, the Grim Reaper, the Grim Reaper, and Count Dracula himself. Now, when I say this is the quintessential, like when I think of the Nintendo Entertainment System, this is one of the first games that pops up into my head. Like this, everything yeah. from the like the graphics aren't that great. The graphics actually got better. Um, you know, Simon's Quest, the second game, is arguably it's different. I wouldn't say it's it there's a lot to not like about that game but there's a lot to like about it too it's it's a real weird step in a different direction but the third game is kind of a kind of goes back to the, the you know the aesthetics of this first game where it's just a straight side side scroller there's real no really no like rpg elements or anything to it but um it kind of went back to that um but the graphics are a way upgrade so um you know, Castlevania three is a really good pickup for the Nintendo Entertainment System, but the, this original Castlevania game is almost NES perfection. Um, it, everything from the music, the gameplay, the power ups, the weapons, and it's just that right amount of frustration to where it's not so hard that you uh, you just give up. It's it's that same kind of sauce that. Yeah, you know, Ninja Gaiden has or like Mario has to where like you'll keep playing because you know you can get past that one little part. You know that one part you can't like that one jump you can't make. You know if you just or just one more try, I know I can get it. And then you get it, and it's like you get that endorphin rush where it's like it's the greatest thing you could accomplish at that moment is to just yeah. you know get past that part. But um, but the plot to Castlevania, if you're a horror fan of any kind and anybody knows me, you know, I made a movie called Monsters Anonymous about the classic monsters. 
And it all starts back in the day with Castlevania, because which brought my love of these characters. Uh, Castlevania puts players in control of Simon Belmont as he travels through Count Dracula's castle, which emerges every 100 years. Simon battles numerous bosses along his way. Um, Simon encounters Dracula in his lair and defeats him. He escapes the castle as it crumbles apart and credits roll. The credits feature fake names and homage to classic horror film actors such as Bela Lugosi, Boris Karloff, Max Schreck, and Christopher Lee. Uh, and like I said, it's a straight platformer. Um, it's a lot, you know, it's kind of a slow game. It's not fast paced like Ninja Gaiden is or Mario Brothers. It's, it's kind of slower paced, but it's, it's just, right uh, you know if you know what i'm saying like it's it's just oh it's so good i'm looking at the gameplay section of wikipedia it says it uses platform gameplay and is divided into six blocks of three stages each for a total of 18 yeah i feel like that's a lot for a game that was made you know back in the nes era oh yeah i mean this game is uh it's lengthy and of course you know it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, this game is like the first level will fool you be like, Oh, I got this. But then, you know, by the second level, you're just like, good Lord, this thing is just crazy. <laughs> like, it's not that kind of fast paced, um, you know, like, like Ninja Gaiden can be unfair a lot of the time with like respawning enemies or like, you know, just like cheap deaths and stuff like that. It's not, it, I mean, there are cheap deaths in, in Castlevania by, you know, if you get hit, you do that really crappy, like backwards, like it knocks you backwards. And there are a lot mm -hmm. of platforms in this game that you have to jump from platform to platform. And if you get hit by something, which there are, there's one enemy in this game, like I hate the hunchbacks, but another of the worst enemies in this games are the Medusa heads. And what they do is they do these weird patterns along the screen that, you know, they kind of do this here, like a wave pattern and you have to, and you can't, it's so hard to hit them. So you just kind of like try to position yourself to where they'll just either go over you or under you. But if you're jumping from platform to platform, they always seem to hit you. And you, of course you get knocked backwards and you fall into the pit or fall in the water or whatever. And it's just kind of, mm -hmm. it's, it's that level of frustration. It's that, you know, it's that little extra level of frustration that the programmers put in there to kind of make the game stretch out a little bit longer, you know? Like, I don't yeah. think it's possible I, to I play think that, this entire game without dying. I just I don't think it's possible. I think that, that adds a great challenge to it, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's lengthy for a game back then, but, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And... I'm interested, you know, just in the story itself, because it's got a who's who of the classic movie monsters like Frankenstein's monster, yeah. uh, Dracula, the mummy. I know in like reading about the Castlevania series, it talks about Simon Belmont's family being like a disgraced family. Yeah. Is that is that mentioned in this game or is that for the sequels? No, that, that, that more or less starts to come out as the, the sequels go on, you know, like the second okay. one is about, um, is it, I think Simon, let me, let me check the, the second story. I think the second story is about, let's see, Cass, Castlevania, Simon's quest. I just want to make sure. Cause I think the second one is he's a descendant of 
the original Simon Belmont. Um, it's in a standard format. Uh, let me see here. Uh, it doesn't say. Well, it should say right here, but um, but I think it is where like um, you are, um, you're you're still the namesake of Simon, but you're actually a descendant. And then mm-hmm. I think the third game is actually um, is a prequel, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I could be completely mistaken because, like I said, it's been a long time since I've played these games, and I'm still on the search for Castlevania Three, which is kind of an expensive game uh, to find. It is pretty pricey if you buy it at a retro shop or on eBay because it is like. Castlevania three is still one of those games that's on my list of must haves for the Nintendo. Um, and it's definitely one of those ones that I want to kind of keep my eye out for someone who doesn't necessarily know what they have, you know, so I want to get it kind of cheap. I don't want to overpay for it, but if it comes down to it, I will pay the price, but I kind of want to keep my eyes open for a little while because this will keep me sated for a while. You know, I, I can play this game for the next couple of months until I, finally beat this bastard because this is one of those games i had as a kid i could never beat it but now that i'm an adult i'm gonna sit and force myself to finish this game finally absolutely it's on the nes classic so Mm -hmm. I i need to check it out yeah and like i said the graphics aren't that great to look at I mean, they're serviceable. They get better as the games go along, especially like, like you know, the next game, uh, Castlevania Two: Simon's Quest. The the graphics are much improved and a lot more colorful, but at the same time, the game wasn't as good. Like they kind of took it in a kind of weird direction. Um, but then, you know, Castlevania Three was kind of the best of both worlds. They went back to the you know the the kind of the the gameplay of the first game but with the improved graphics, you know, as they got better. So mm-hmm. they're, a, they're a great series of games. Uh, and one of the other games I want to get for the Super Nintendo is uh, Castlevania Four. I'd like to get for the Super Nintendo because that was a beautiful game. If you could, uh, if, if you want to go look up gameplay of that, that's one of my, um, one of my must haves for the Super Nintendo. And I hope that comes, if, if I could get my hands on a uh, Super Nintendo Classic, I would hope that that would be one of the games that's included on it. Hopefully so. You know, Castlevania, the story sounds so good, it should be turned into a Netflix series. Oh, speaking of, uh, when is that going to be coming out? Let me look that up real quick. because uh, I want to say it, it's pretty soon. I want to say it's like July 7th or 8th. Yeah, I know it's coming up really fast. Castlevania Netflix. Castlevania Netflix. Um, let's see. Oh, that doesn't give a release date. Yeah, it doesn't have a release date yet. Uh, let's see. Hey, but we're the first thing that pops up on, uh, or actually the the fourth, fifth, sixth thing that pops up on the first page of the Google when you type in Castlevania Netflix. <laughs> nice it oh, airs july 7th oh july 7th that's what next week or week and a half that is next that's next friday wow i'm down I'm ready for that oh speaking of net, uh netflix and this kind of off topic i started watching glow the series oh, i did too isn't it it's good? so good it's so good i can't wait i uh, love it we should definitely we definitely need to do a pop culture palette 
um, you have to come be a guest and we'll talk about that series because I loved glow back in the day when I was a kid, I, I was a junkie for all wrestling. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm only three episodes in, but yeah, I too. love it. And I love Mark Maron's character. He plays oh, it really he's, well. He's so good in that, but let, let, yeah. let, let's get back before we go into a whole tangent. Um, but as far <laughs> as the reception for, uh, Castlevania, it says since its original release, uh, Castlevania has received generally positive reception. It was sold impressively and was considered a classic by Retro Gamer and IGN. It was rated 22nd best game made on a Nintendo system and in the and Nintendo Power's to, top 200 games list in 2006. In August to, 2008, Nintendo Power listed it as the 14th best NES video game. Game Informer ranked it at the 48th best game ever made. Uh, and it's just crazy like the uh the, the praise That's some solid praise oh yeah across the board for this game you can't get much better um as far as you know classic nintendo with this game yeah. like i said when when i talk nintendo with people or just the word nintendo like this is the game that instantly pops in my head because this game this game is associated more with nintendo than mario is to me because probably yeah. because Castlevania was one of the first games I ever played for it, maybe, but I don't know really know why. But this is the game that when someone says NES or Nintendo, this is the game that pops in my head. So it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, like I said, the, the graphics could be a little better, but that's you know that's I, I don't add that into anything. As long as the gameplay is fun. It's not a pretty game to look at, but it is fun as hell. So I'm going to give this game a good solid 9 out of 10. Nice. So it's that, up That's there. really, really good praise. Yeah, this is definitely, if you have a Nintendo or, you know, you, you want to get it on uh, the Nintendo uh, eShop or whatever, do it because this game is this is classic Nintendo. You, it doesn't get better than this. This you know, there's probably ten of the greatest Nintendo games ever made, and this is in the top ten. Yeah, I look forward to playing it on uh, on this little guy here. Oh yeah, <laughs> you just rub it in, why don't you? <laughs> no, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's all I got to say about it for this week. Uh, I think next week we're also going to do an, I'm going to do another review next week. Not sure what I'm going to mm -hmm. do, but I think I might do Batman for the NES because I've been playing that one too, and uh, I feel feel like I need to do a Batman game. And let me tell you, it's good. I'd I'd forgotten how good Batman was for the Nintendo, so I'd really am excited to talk about that next week. But so uh, is it based off the Tim Burton movie? Yes, it is. Oh, cool! It's very got, cool. Like scenes from the movie. I mean, it follows the story of the movie. I mean, of course, it takes awesome. liberties with the gameplay, but hey, nothing's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> That's it, true. It's That's great. Very true. Um, I, I we'll we'll have a nice talk about it next week. But is there anything that you wanted to talk about before we get out of here tonight? Um, I don't think so. Just be sure to check out all the other podcasts we have on the Nerd Cave Network. Uh, Mondays, we have this show, Nerd Cave Retro, in its audio form. Tuesdays, we have my solo show, The Derek Diamond Experience. Thursdays, we have our wrestling podcast, Battle of the Brands. Friday is the Nerd Cave podcast. And Saturdays, Pop Culture Palette. And yes, all those shows are available on all podcasting platforms. 
And if you would like to uh, let us know what you think about our show, you can go to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. You can also go to nerdcaveretro.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. And you can follow us individually at jfunktastic, at Derek underscore diamond. And we're all, we can also be found on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. So Derek, tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. You've been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.